Mothers have had their spotlight and celebration. Now it's time for dads to shine. Too often in our society, our dads are mocked or torn down. This is why I decided to also do a fatherhood series as a chance to champion, celebrate, challenge, and maybe even encourage our dads out there. They need it too. And hey, maybe we all learned something about parenting and God too. In today's episode, we'll be talking with my friend, Spencer Hutchinson. Hey guys. I met Spencer and his family in a small group social, or maybe it was Sunday school. It's just been a minute. But I do know that it was after Kate and I had gotten married and we had quote unquote graduated up to the young married class. So it was at least four years ago. But Spencer, he is a communications manager for Lumen. But his cooler, non-paying job is a Sunday school slash life group teacher to the young families class that we're now all in. And he does a great job, guys. So how did you come into that role, like being that Sunday school teacher? Yeah, so about three years ago now, we had some transition in that in that class. And so we had a couple folks who were teaching the class who mm-hmm. were older and they moved up and started their own class that was kind of in the next age range. Mm-hmm. And so there was kind of this gap of we needed some teachers. And at that time, we had a minister there, Nathan Newfang, who was really pouring into me at the, at the time mm-hmm. and really challenged me and was like, hey, hey, man, you need to be teaching like you have a lot of things that you can share with other people. Yeah. And so when that opportunity came up and there was kind of a need for teaching for our class, mm-hmm. I embraced the opportunity and stepped into it. And it's, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, let me try it out. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been great. I, I, I love teaching. I love preparing too. Like I'm yeah. a very, I'm a very studious person. And so I, I'm yeah. constantly like reading and, and studying up on things that interest me. And mm-hmm. luckily one of those things is the Bible itself. Yeah. And so when <laughs> I, when I'm like preparing for a Sunday school lesson, uh, for a life group lesson, I I'm, I'm that kind of life group leader that's that's doing hours and hours of study mm-hmm. on the back end because I get sucked into some sort of rabbit hole yeah. that I'm looking at commentaries that I'm looking at or whatever. So yeah. it, it has been really good for my interests, but also really good for me spiritually. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess you like it a little bit. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah, fun. It's great. Yeah. Okay. You know, what keeps you motivated to keep doing it? Like uh, you just, just cause you want to learn more. You just want to keep sharing it with everybody. Well, I get, I get some personal enjoyment out of it. Like I mm-hmm. said, it, it, it ticks a lot of boxes in, in, in yeah, terms of my interests, yeah. but, but also I, I just love our group, our, our life group itself. I want to see it going. I continue. I want to see, you know, those people that I care about, mm-hmm. I want to see them grow in their relationship with Christ. And so just teaching every week and getting up there and, and leading discussions. I just really love other people's perspective and, mm-hmm. and hearing from these people that play a big role in, in my life, hearing from them as to, as to like how we can all live our lives together and, and do life together and pursue Christ together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we have a great life group too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm in it, so I guess I can have to say that, but, but actually, well, I don't, you know, we really, we, I guess some good people in there and that are committed and yeah. bring a lot to the table. It's really great. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stop with that because that could be a whole other conversation. And what everyone is really here for is to hear about you and your dad's skills. So tell us how many children do you have and what are their ages? I have two girls. I have 
Leah is my oldest. She's three. And Caroline is my youngest. And she's 11 months old now. Oh, man. Sweet girls. The girl dad. <laughs> yep. I'm a girl yeah. dad. I love being a girl dad. Girl dad being a girl dad is, is awesome. <laughs> cool. What makes it awesome? Like, what, what do you like about being a girl dad? Well, it, girls are, I, I think girls are a little less destructive for one, but they, but they, <laughs> just wait, <laughs> maybe, maybe we're just at the wrong life stage, but yeah. like my oldest Leah, she is so full of energy, but it is, it's like emotional energy. Like yeah. Everything is, is, is the greatest thing ever. And she's got a lot of physical energy too, but it's, I just love her energy and her mm-hmm. life right now as a three-year-old. And yeah. I see that just starting to come out in my 11 month old as well. Oh, so okay. yeah, I just love that about girls. Yeah. That's fun. So was fatherhood in general, something that you always look forward to? Yeah, definitely. I, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to be a dad, maybe boring, but I, the, bachelor life never really appealed to me. Like even from like middle school on, I knew that I was going to settle down pretty quickly. I mean, I married my high school sweetheart. So, okay. uh, I didn't know y'all dated in high school. We did. Yeah. 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 We were, we were dating in high school and then went to college at the same university. And so, um, and then got married right after we graduated from college. So yeah, it was always something that was uh, a goal of mine. I, I, I knew yeah. from early on that I that I wanted to be a dad it, and yeah. wanted to start a family. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's really uh, good for Rachel because, you know, that doesn't always happen. So that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty awesome that that was already on your radar and stuff. Um, you know, it's a little refreshing to, to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before you were a dad, what did you think it would be like? Yeah. So I, I wasn't so naive to think that it wouldn't be difficult. I always knew that it would be difficult, but Mm -hmm. I also expected there to be like so much joy around it. And Mm -hmm. there is, you know, in my head, I pictured those milestone moments. So Mm -hmm. those first steps playing for sports teams, graduation, Mm -hmm. weddings, whatever. And I, I pictured all those things. And I, I don't think that actually having kids changed that in any ways. Mm-hmm. Th- those milestones are still so great, but I probably underestimated the time in between those milestones and, and yeah. how difficult that th- th- those mm-hmm. times are. I mean, uh, being a parent is difficult on a day-to-day basis. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle. And, um, there, there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of, a lot of negativity that happens in between those milestone moments. Mm-hmm. But, those milestone moments are really great. And, mm-hmm. and what we see with those other ones, make is it worth they, it. Yeah. 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 Those other moments, they all kind of blur together. Yeah. And that's a really great way to put that almost poetic Spencer, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I have to agree. And I think uh, also like, I just like how you put like, you know, that time in between it. Cause you know, a milestone moment doesn't happen every day. Uh, I think, well, it does when they're like, you know, two, three, four months. <laughs> but after that, it's kind of like, it might be. They start be. to stretch out. Yeah, yeah. And just acknowledging that and seeing that, but also knowing, well, it's worth it. hundred percent. So that's great. But so what are some of those non-phone fun moments? Like for you, for you as a dad, like what does that look like? Yeah. So being a parent is, is like, I always say it's like living your life in a constant state of extremes. So mm-hmm. there 
the highs are so high because you love these little creatures so much <laughs> and creatures, and yes. you just can't imagine your life without them. Mm-hmm. But at this, that also makes the lows so low. And so, you know, your fuse is shorter, your disappointment is increased, your anger burns a little hotter. Those moments are the least fun for sure is when, you know, my ugly side comes out and when mm-hmm. when I fall short as a parent or I feel that I've fallen short as a parent, you know, kids are nasty and dirty and stinky sometimes, but that's not even what, bo- yeah. that's, <laughs> that's not even what bothers me. You know, that, yeah. that stuff doesn't bother you. And, and that's a lot of what people warn you about when you, before mm-hmm. you have kids is they, Oh, they're, they're messy and they're stinky and you have to change diapers and that stuff doesn't matter. Like yeah. the stuff that sticks with me are the times that I feel like I've, you know, let my kids down because of the way I behaved or the way that I lost control of my emotions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to, to realize for, for parents is that you're capable of that and, yeah. and that, that, that that will not that just that you're capable, but it will come out like parenting yeah. is hard. And so it, it will pull that out of you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that 110%, you know, you know, my child, he's only, you know, not even 18 months old. So not with him respectively, but you know, I've, I've taught many, many children for several years and he, you know, in a classroom setting and it's very, that classroom kind of becomes like your own little family. And yeah. And it's so disappointing in yourself when you know that, Oh my goodness, I got that upset today over that. Right. (laughs) You know, and it's the fact that you got so upset over that and that is usually like something super small. And to know that, man, yeah, that moment wasn't a great moment for that child, but it certainly wasn't a great moment for me. And I really, I made it worse. (laughs) Right, right. And then, but, and I've had a few moments where I had to go back to my class or just even specific kids say, like, apologize. And so, like, hey, like, I, I didn't handle that right, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, that raises a good point. Like, that, that's really important to mm-hmm. Rachel and I is, like, when we mess up, it is important to model to our children yeah. what the proper response to someone messing up is. That, that we admit that we, can make, that we can mess up and that we apologize to them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's really important. That's good. So, you know, on that, you know, that same vein of uh, thought here. So what how do you and Rachel like approach, you know, discipline? All right. So I, I, I should start here by saying that I'm nowhere near perfect and we are not perfect and we don't pretend to be. But discipline dominates like so much of your brain power as a parent that mm-hmm. it's it's kind of crazy. But I can only tell you like what we believe and what we put into practice and so, or try to put into practice. So mm-hmm. we, we like to give our kids a lot of space and grace. So yeah, some would probably say that that's, that we give our kids too much grace and that's okay. We just feel like children are not given enough credit and that they are capable mm-hmm. of much more than what we think that they are. And we're big believers that children are people too, and that yeah. we should treat our children like yeah. people. And so when it comes to discipline, we like to set our boundaries pretty wide yeah. and really stick those boundaries to their physical safety mm-hmm. and how they treat others and how, and what they do in between those two boundaries is for them to discover and, yeah. and give them the space to make mistakes and give them the, sta- the space to uh, discover who they are naturally within those boundaries. Now, what, 
happens when they step outside of those boundaries is where it gets difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. they they constantly want to test those boundaries of physical danger or how they treat other people. people. They want to mm-hmm. treat other people poorly. They don't want to share. They don't want to mm-hmm. you know, respect other people's physical, physical space. Yeah. And so <laughs> that, that gets difficult with children. And, that, and that's where yeah. it's hard. But what we do in those situations is we will sometimes physically remove our kid from, mm-hmm. from the situation or remove physically remove whatever is tempting them. Yeah. Uh, they're struggling for, with. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we do. And, and then only if those things are not working, mm-hmm. then, then do you go to some sort of, you know, some sort of alternate measure, but, yeah. but it, that's very, that's very rare. And, and again, we, we like to, we like to lead with grace and, and allow them to make mistakes within, as long as they're not going to be physically harmed doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. Or someone else. Yeah. Right. And I love that. And I just love how this idea of like treating your kids with respect, like, I mean, that sounds so simple and almost like, duh. But at the same time, I feel like, I don't know. We don't, we don't really do that a whole bunch as a society. You know, I think for a, a long time there, it's been like, well, we're the adults you're the kids, period. Right. And, and to some respect, there, there's still a little bit of that there, but it's not such. It's not such the focus, you know. And I like that's not you know that's not what I'm hearing from you. I'm hearing like more like just giving them, acknowledging that about them, and giving them that respect, you know. And I really like this idea of casting a wide boundary. Like, can you give us a little bit of an example on that? You know, like what does it look like? Like, can you give a scenario of what casting a wide boundary looks like? So I, I can, the one that sticks out in my head is, is my three-year-old Leah's learning to ride the bike, you know, ride her mm-hmm. bike. And she has this little bike without, without pedals right now. So it's just a balance bike. She, okay. She pushes on it and then she can, she yeah. can just kind of glide on it down mm-hmm. the driveway. Um, and you know, Rachel and I saw our role in this of like, you take something as simple as riding a bike. Like Mm -hmm. ultimately we wanted her to discover it for herself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, but we want to make that a safe environment for her Mm -hmm. to do that. And so for us, the boundaries were, you know, we will provide the helmet and the knee pads and the elbow pads. And you, and if you're going to ride your bike, you have to be wearing them. Right. Yeah. Um, because that protects your physical safety. Yeah. And, and then when you ride your bike, you've got to stay on the driveway. And so you can't go into the street because that mm-hmm. protects your physical safety. Yeah. And then, you know, you also cannot ride over your 11 month old sister, sister, yeah. right. <laughs> in the, in the bike. So you have to kind of keep some yeah. distance from your sister when you're riding your bike. Cause that protects her, her. physical safety. And so we mm-hmm. create these boundaries, but then whatever okay. she does on her bike mm-hmm. uh, inside of those boundaries is for her to discover. Right. Yeah. So she doesn't necessarily wear her knee pads correct all the time, but she's got them on. Right. Yeah. And she's figuring it out and she doesn't always ride her bike in the same way, in the way that I would. Right. But yeah. we don't step in and say, no, this is the way you ride your bike. Mm-hmm. You know, she had to do that Willie. Right. Yeah. Right. She, she gets to discover that. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times we will we will step in and we may make a suggestion, but if she she can take it or not, then and it's yeah. never a it's never a hey this is how you ride how a bike yeah. this is it, yeah. that's that's for her to discover within the 
within safety, those safety the boundaries. safe environment yeah, that we've created. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. Do you ever feel that this is how, you know, God fathers us? Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, there, there's an aspect of God definitely that, that is definitely, you know, do this because it is what I, it's what I've said. Yeah. But at the same time, God is perfect. Right. And, and so yeah. he, yeah. he, he yeah. has the ability to say that. Whereas like, it, it's important for me as a dad to admit that I'm, I'm not perfect and I, yeah. I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And so, but we see that with, with God, that he mm-hmm. leads with grace all the time. I mean, you can look at the Israelites and they're, I mean, week by week, they can't make up their mind whether or not they want to follow God. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're constantly making mistakes. And God constantly gives them a way back. He con- he, the boundaries are always there. The boundaries yeah. are always consistent because that's something that is part of God's character is that he's always, mm-hmm. he's always the same. He's always consistent. But the, within that, he allows people to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and come back to him yeah. as a loving father. And so, yeah, yeah, definitely we see that. Yeah, that's great. It's beautiful, actually. I don't know. Thanks. They gave me a lot of imaging there, <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything that you feel like you'd be better at? Patience. Yeah. It's always patient. Yeah. It's always patience. I, I mentioned this earlier, but the times I feel like I failed the most as a, as a father are just mm-hmm. whenever there is limited time and I am pushing my kids too hard or I'm losing my temper mm-hmm. or something else along those lines. And so yeah. Being a parent is a constant battle <laughs> there, mm-hmm. and and there's only so much time in the day. And those those two yeah. mixed together causes a, a lot, lot of, of mm-hmm. anxiety and stress. <laughs> I mean, you know it. It's, you know it. It is, it is really difficult. Yeah. And for me, because I get that way too. I'm, in some ways, I'm kind of short fused. Or maybe it's just a the perfect storm of it that makes me short views out mm-hmm. here. <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm like, oh, I'm thankful that I do have my husband there to like tap out. Like, okay, you take over, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's my, my help for me or my help for me in that. It was like, right. Caleb, <laughs> can't just in this moment where, you know, I'll, you know, be detrimental to like, to the situation. So. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's really important as parents is to have to know that point with your spouse of like oh okay they've reached that point i need to step in here yeah so how do you how do you define being a good dad so i i would define it as safety safety is the word that comes to mind um you know, I want our kids to feel safe in our home. I want them to feel safe around me. I want them to feel safe in their interactions with others, safe to share their emotions with me, safe to explore and learn and become themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you could go on and on, but I feel like it's my role as their dad to create that safe environment, similar to how we were talking about the bicycle. My role as the dad is to create that safe environment for them. And then mm-hmm. everything that happens in between them is, is up to them. Yeah, man. I really like that. It's, I feel like it's a unique response, but I love it. I think it's a great response, you know, just, Cause it's not just about a physical safety. I mean, that's there. That's part of it for, right. for sure, but it's the, the other parts of it. And that's the part that I feel like not everyone would think about. Right. right. And so I love that you 
and Rachel both are like making that a priority for your kids. I think that's just awesome. Yeah. And that's important for me as a dad. I mean, that is countercultural. I mean, yeah. that there's, there's so many jokes about how people oh, don't yeah. have deep conversations with their dad. They don't have mm-hmm. emotional, Men don't cry. right. They don't, yeah. they don't have yeah. an emotional connection with their dad. Right. Or that their dad just doesn't, I, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's important for me as their dad to, for them to feel safe, not mm-hmm. just physically, but, but emotionally yeah. as well, that, that yeah. they can come talk to me and that I want yeah. to talk to them and that I care about their opinions on what I'm, what I'm doing and yeah. the life that I'm living. And I, mm-hmm. I think so many men do not welcome that from their yeah. children. And that I think there's elements of that, that they could really benefit they, from yeah. if they opened yeah. themselves up to that. That's great. I, I agree. I, I really admire that. I think that's awesome. You know, and that makes me think a little bit about my, about my son. You know, I remember looking at him when he was like really small, like two and two and three months old, like really fresh <laughs> with me. Like, and I thought like, you know, if I had a daughter, I just don't think in my role would be the same. I think I would mother differently if he happened to be a girl. Cause you know, I think because I am a woman and I know what this life here is like as a woman, if I had a daughter, I'd be like, Oh, I, I had to make her strong and I can show her that. And with that, you know, it's be more like we have to be tough a little bit, but for us, for, for my son, and that's what I do have as a son, I'm more about protective in the sense of protecting his vulnerability. I want him to remain vulnerable and soft and, yeah. and feel that same kind of safety with that and that it's okay for that. And that's what I feel protective of for him and that. So like, I get that a little bit, especially like that safetyness of being vulnerable and being, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have daughters. What if you happen to have sons? Would you, you know, view your role with them any differently? Do you think you would parent differently? Yeah. So I think, I think our roles as parents come to us kind of naturally. And, and there's some natural mm-hmm. difference between the way we parent girls and the way we parent boys. And I, mm-hmm. I think that that's okay. I would hope that the, the sort of parenting style that, mm-hmm. that we've implemented wouldn't change though. Yeah. But I think that Rachel and I's role within that environment would naturally be different, right? Because yeah. the boy is going to naturally have a different relationship with his mom than his dad, mm-hmm. than, than my daughter's, their relationship with their dad and their mom. And I think that those differences are, Mm. are okay and natural. And the reason why we have, you know, a a mother and a father in the relationship. Yeah. 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 So I agree that I like, yeah, I like that a lot. So what do you think God expects from fathers? I think it can be mostly boiled down to, he expects us to lead, but I think that, is a landmine and so many people have yeah. misunderstood what God means by, you know, leading your family. And w- the way I look at it is God hasn't called us to be some sort of tyrant. That's like mm. lording over our family. Um, Ooh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like when, you know, when, when I read the Bible, God has essentially called fathers to the highest standard of mm-hmm. spiritual um, and emotional responsibility that there is. He, he's called everyone to be like him, obey him, you know, make disciples, these, these things that he's obeyed to, uh, he's commanded us to do. But 
you know, then in Timothy one, he makes even more demands of fathers. And I don't have this memorized, but I'm going to read it. (laughs) Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And that's first Timothy three, two through five. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, it's tough. And and when when I read, when I read that and, and when I think about leading my family, I'm supposed to be model to them. And if I, and if I'm not being a model in mm-hmm. how, in my finances, in my decision-making, in my slow, slowness to anger, in my love for others, mm-hmm. if I'm not doing that for them, then I have no right to lead them. And, yeah. and they have every right to not listen to me whenever mm-hmm. I make suggestions. And so it's a, it's a really high standard that I think God has called fathers to. And I think if you're not living up to that really high standard, which no one can, but, but yeah, it's the goal, right? That's the goal. But if you're, if you're not d- keeping that as your standard, then, then you have no right to be the tyrant lording over yeah, your family. Well, yeah. Maybe your kids. Yeah. Just living beyond that repro- reproach. That's, I think that in itself is like having that as a goal is something that man can keep you at least striving for, for the right thing. You know, when you have that in your mind of like, man, I have to live beyond reproach. Like someone can't come call me out for whatever because I'm living to that that standard. And also like just how it says like in, in, in First Timothy there about, you know, you're not violent, but gentle, you know, and hospitable. Right. How like it said that of this leader, this male leader and how many men are described as hospitable. You know, or gentle, or yeah. gentle, yeah. And the fact that that's that's in there, I think that's awesome. It, <laughs> I just have to say this. I know that Spencer happens to be a really great Marvel enthusiast. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to put this reference in here because, like, doesn't Spider Man say it could be? I don't even know if it is Spider Man to be honest, but doesn't he say the great power comes great responsibility? Or is it it's backwards? A, it's not. It's actually not Spider Man's Uncle Ben. Oh it, my god! But it is from okay. the Spider Man. It's the movie. All right, I get two points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his Uncle right. Ben that says it. That says yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, but it's still along the same thought. You know that it is a great responsibility that are put on you know your guys, you you guys, you know shoulders. But it's it's heavy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but it but it should be. Yeah. Like like if you're you know it, it like if if you if if you're going to have any sort of responsibility at all mm-hmm. uh, and any sort of and, and anyone is going to be told, "Hey, you should listen to this person." Then then that person should respect that authority. Mm-hmm. And that and I think that that is a big problem in our culture today where people are put in a position of authority and they do not respect that position that they've been given Mm -hmm. and they don't have this standard that they hold themselves to. And that, that leads us to a lot of problems. Yeah, it does. You know, I I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah. So what Bible dad acts like this, you know, does the Spider-Man way or really the Jesus way? 
Well, when I think of Bible dads, I, I, I always think of Joseph and another Joseph person, right? Which (laughs) I I get frustrated because there's so little of Joseph in the Bible, but I just, I, I just imagine how hard that must've been to know, to be the father of the savior. And, um, but even like when we look at, you know, early in Jesus's story before Jesus Mm -hmm. was born and how Joseph treated Mary, he, you know, he is told, he knows that Mary is with child and he has every legal right to Mm -hmm. break off the engagement at Mm -hmm. that time. Right. And he doesn't do that. He leads with grace and he, he, you know, we see him trust God in Mm -hmm. that and and lead with grace and be gentle and kind and, and, and approach it the way that he did, which leads to all of our salvation, which is yeah. really, just really cool mm-hmm. to think about that, that, that that's what a father had to do in order to, you know, bring about the savior of the world. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and on that, I'm going to, I'll join in and talk a little bit about Joseph is that how, uh, even though he chose to stay with her, you know, there are rumors, you know, being said oh, yeah. about, and the fact that he just stuck with her the whole time, like just, nope, rode that out with her. Yeah, I told, you know, I told with all the rumors and all things, you know, were nasty things that were said. And that says a lot to me about his character. Yeah, we were uh, in my Bible study group. We were we were reading through some of those passages recently. Mm-hmm. And and it, I went down one of these rabbit holes. Of it, but it, for the most part, like Joseph would have been the one that took a lot of that, the brunt of that, those mm-hmm. those comments and those those, you know, that gossip that people, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that people did because he would have been the one that was out in the community and the one that he, he had a job. He was, he was a carpenter. He was providing for his family. He was, he was interacting with a lot of other people. And so he would have been the one that was taking a a lot of that brunt of those comments. And he knows that going into it and he still chooses to be with her when he had every legal right at mm-hmm. the time to not. And, and so just leading with that grace was such a, was such a step for him. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that was a great way for him to immediately prove his worthiness of being yeah. know, the earthly father yeah. of, of our savior. And just his faith too, that, Hey, there, maybe there's something more to this, you know, she right. says she heard from this angel character, maybe there's something to it. Yeah. You know? And that's his faith. Yeah, it's cool. Measured his faith as well. So, yeah. All right. So in what ways do you guide your children to Christ? I know they're young, but what are the strategies, you know, you guys are putting into place? So I think, I think the biggest thing is our, our lives just have to continually point back Mm -hmm. to God and, and we have to be talking about God. We have to show what God is doing in our lives to our kids. So going back to mine and Rachel's parenting style of like, we don't give children enough credit. Usually, mm-hmm. usually whatever you're thinking your child is capable of, they're probably capable of more. And so that applies to God too. And so whatever you're yeah. thinking that your child can understand about God and what you can talk to them about, mm-hmm. they can probably take more than you think they can. Yeah. And so we, like we read a lot with our children and we let them, you know, yeah. uh, pick whatever they want to read. And we don't, we don't only read Christian books to them, but we do make sure that those are in the mix so that we are, Mm -hmm. that we are constantly 
incorporating that. And we will often have conversations about those stories to, to just show that our show our children that this is, this is different than that. This is a relationship that we have Mm -hmm. with God. It's not just a fairy tale. Right. It's not, it's different than, than these other stories. It's not long, long ago that happened. I mean, it was long ago, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. These are true stories and they still happen today. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, that it's still something that, that we have a relationship with today. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. That's cool. Are there any like specific scriptures that you guys try to teach them? No, no. <laughs> not yet, but, <laughs> not yet. but I, mean, I should yeah. probably take my own medicine here. And yeah. my children, my three-year-old especially is definitely at the age where she's capable of that. So, yeah. so we should probably start. So, yeah, at least I don't know. I think there's some small ones. I will say there was a sermon that Michael, uh, Michael was our pastor at First West. And this one been a few years ago, a few years ago where he mentioned, like, I think it's Psalm 53, 5. And I could have butchered like the reference point for this one, but it's like, when I'm afraid, I will turn to you. I think it's that really small one. He shared that, like, that's what he taught his sons. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. Because it is short. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a good one to know. Yeah. And I might even butchered the whole thing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Look in the show notes. I'll have the right thing there. Uh, But it's something like that. (laughs) (laughs) The, The truth is still in that. But yeah, and I always, I just like to ask that question because I always, I kind of just want to know, like, do do some people have like a list prepared for when their kids do come, quote unquote, of age or, or yeah, like, no, because I don't, I mean, my child can't even talk to me. (laughs) So we learned the word out the other day and I was ecstatic. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. But I'm always just curious where people are, what the plan or non-plan is. So how does church fit into how you and Rachel parent? So uh, we, we rely heavily on our church and we, we have a great church and we, we rely heavily on surrounding ourselves with other believers who are in the same, you know, stage of life and mm-hmm. who have kids and who are, raising their kids the same way we are. And we're luckily lucky to go to a great church where we have a great life group where that they make that easy mm-hmm. and they love on our children and they teach our children about God and not don't just, you know, babysit, babysit them yeah. when mom and dad need to step away or go to a big service on yeah. Sunday, but they're actually, you know, teaching our, our children about God. So we rely heavily on that. And I, I don't want to downplay the, the role that that plays. It, it plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys like have a, a time where you're like, hey, we're going to talk about church today. Or we're going to talk about Jesus specifically. Is that something y'all do? I feel like we're we're a lot like other families yeah. where, it, you know, at, immediately after church is, is the most natural yeah. time. So Sunday yeah. lunches where we we will often ask, like, what did you learn at, at yeah. church today? And mm-hmm. we'll all go around the um around the table and say something. And so that's an after point. And then other times, like when we, when we read books, but the, uh, yeah. that, a yeah. lot of times that we let, we give our daughter the chance, chance to pick to what she's going to um, engage with. And so that yeah. can be hit or miss, but Sunday afternoons are kind of the most consistent. So like what's like the wildest or, or most interesting thing Leah has ever said that she's learned <laughs> from church. <laughs> So one recently she, she went on, we asked her what she learned about at church and 
she she went on she very eloquently for a three-year-old told us about how she you know learned about um jonah and the fish and and how god and god and jesus saved him and and she was very she was very specifically to point out right after that she said god and jesus and their boys oh So she's um, she's, okay. she's very she's very hung up on the yeah. gender of Jesus and God, which is interesting. But, but yeah. she yeah she has she has the most interesting takeaways as a three year old. But mm-hmm. it, but it's it's good. It's always fun and it keeps us on our toes. Yeah, <laughs> and their voice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna switch gears here for a, a little bit, and I just want to hear like what and are your favorite things about your dad. Yeah, my dad and my dad was a gentle giant. I'm I'm like five six. My dad is like six, th- six two, six oh three. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> Can't even imagine that. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had just cut the <laughs> cut the middle. You know, like if if I had just gotten a few more inches. But my mom is like five foot even, and my dad uh, is like six two. So yeah. yeah, he was always he was always the gentle giant of our family. He, he's yeah. he was always willing to put himself second for the good of our family. Yeah, he was. But he's he was also very passionate and and especially about like things that we were passionate about. Yeah. And so like my my dad was always our biggest fan and he was never like very pushy with Mm -hmm. sports or anything like that. But as soon as we showed interest in something, he dove headfirst into that and wanted to know more about it and was asking like genuinely good questions and yeah. was was at every event and whether All I, I genuinely believed as as a kid that he that he was just as interested in everything I was interested in yeah. as I was and he so he was either really good at that at yeah. genuinely being interested or he was really good at faking it but either way it, it worked so. yeah i mean that's awesome though just to have that support you know knowing, knowing that you have that yeah. like a, a true fan for you that's awesome you know what are the top three things that he taught you so number one my, my father taught me to make a decision and accept the consequences and that that's a mm-hmm. big one for me like i believe mm-hmm. in that myself and it, it's like a yeah. core value of mine and he didn't really allow for us to wallow or mope about things that didn't go our way he was he was a constant reminder that you know in most situations things are going to be okay and yeah. we we need to we need to make the right choice mm-hmm. but the most important thing is make a choice and live with it yeah. And, and, and deal with the consequences. And especially if you make the wrong choice, deal mm-hmm. with the consequences and accept yeah. those consequences. Mm-hmm. So that that's a big one. He taught me to always put other people first. So my dad is a much more like joyful servant than I am. And he was always, he always <laughs> led, led, I'm just being honest. He always led by example and is, is always willing to, you know, inconvenience himself so that others aren't inconvenienced. And I always really respected that about him. And then lastly, he, he, I mean, he just taught me about the importance of a steady, consistent relationship with Christ. I mean, he met my mom serving in the church as an organ player. He has been Mm -hmm. in the choir and been a Sunday school teacher for 40 plus years. And that constant relationship, like unwavering throughout my entire Mm -hmm. life, has had such an impact on me. And so, yeah, I learned a lot through that. 
Was there like, is there like a special moment you're like, or you're like, man, that's really unwavering or it's just that the sum total of it, you know, it just sticks out. That- yeah. I, I think the one, the one that sticks out to me is when his, when my grandmother, his mother died mm. and all our family had gathered for the funeral and you know, like this, this is his mom yeah. and like I, we're, we're all clearly grieving Yeah, and just in that in that moment when we all, when we were finally like all in the same room, mm-hmm. he just took charge and was like, we're, we're going to pray now. And he like I, that, that prayer that he gave was just so powerful in that moment yeah. and so filled with wisdom and just, you know, in a moment where we were all like really hurting, yeah, he just had the right words to say. And because that, you know, relationship with God is there, was there. Yeah. And it's genuine, you know? Yeah. You know, now that, like, I guess I'm more of an adult because I'm in my 30s now, I, like, I see that and value that more because sometimes I catch myself, I don't know, it's just like to be the one to make that move to say, hey, guys, we're going to pray like that. I don't know. Sometimes I catch myself like, I don't know if I would say it. Like, I don't know if I, you know, be paralyzed with, like, the moment, you know? So people who are able to do that, that is something that it's a bigger deal. Whereas as a younger person, I would wait to lean into the other person that goes, it does it first, or yeah. I would feel like, Oh, well, someone else is going to do that. And yeah, I feel comfortable with them doing it. Yeah. But now that it's like, I'm of the age or maybe I just realize it more now, like, no, that it could be me. Right. That does that. And I'm realizing, Oh, I don't know if I would. <laughs> well, and, it, it, and you know? es- especially for our fathers out there, like that, yeah. that was what was so impactful is that like, we go back to, to how God defines our role as a father mm-hmm. is to be that leader. And mm-hmm. like for my dad in that moment, in the, in a moment where he's like, he's dealing with stuff too. Yeah. Right. But to take the reins and be like, I'm going to lead our family in prayer right now, right when, now. when we need mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just, it's, it made me respect him as a father and mm-hmm. made me gave me an example of, Oh, that's how you, I, mm-hmm. that's how you behave like a Christ follower, yeah. a, a, a Christ like father yeah. in, in that moment. Yeah. You know, I, I have a similar, I guess, moment for myself. Uh, it wasn't in, in tragedy, but it was in the real world. Um, you know, I, I played travel ball growing up and so 13 or 14 that was a big part of my life a highlight moment i think for most of us maybe not my brother but that's (laughs) that's another story for another day Um, he was kind of like my caddy (laughs) 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 but but that's really for me where my faith exploded and it's because of my dad because he would take it upon he was leading our family by saying like hey when the rest of the team is like chilling by the pool, we were out looking for a church that we're going to go find to worship at, you know, is it the 8 a.m. 8 a.m. service or not? And, you know, we didn't have to do that. And then when we didn't or couldn't find one, you know, he would be the one leading it in our hotel room. And yeah. like, it's just that point of making it that we are going to acknowledge the Lord on Sunday, no matter where yeah. we're at. And for me, that made it more real. You know, right. It's not just a, we get dressed up to go do on this certain day. Like, no, this is real. And then we do it because it's the Lord is worthy of that. And eventually it led to like, uh, we started having church at the ball field. It really became like evangelistic. And even that it's like, oh, wow. So, I mean, 
it could be a whole other podcast. I could go on and on. But for me, I'm, I'm with you. Like when you see your father step in a role when they don't have to. Right. That's when it speaks the most. So, wow. Thanks for sharing that <laughs> for, yeah. your, for your story. Because we're on to be a mom, dad. So for you, though, what are parts of fatherhood that you enjoy the most? Yeah. Um Without a doubt, it's it's watching my kids discover and learn new things, especially when it's on their own or without much help from me, which all goes back to sort of our parenting style. Of, but yeah. I, I just love that. Like when we, yeah. when we are able to create an environment where they're able to learn and then they do learn something, you see something click organically mm-hmm. with them, that, that is where I get the most joy. And, my, you know, I have young kids, so watching them learn is incredible like you can sit them down in an empty room and just watch them for 10 minutes and they'll Mm -hmm. learn something and it's amazing they really are like sponges and it's 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 just awesome so that that's by far my favorite Mm -hmm. i think this this time our lives is pretty great as parents because we you know their joy because when they experience that new thing or learn that new thing it's just pure joy and we get to be a part of that like their joy is our joy right you know kind of thing you know (laughs) I literally gave Asher an empty Amazon box yesterday just to see if you do with it. <laughs> it's the best toy. It's, an empty yeah, box. Yeah, he was just <laughs> destroying it and like doing, pushing it around and I don't know. And, and then I loved watching it. And I didn't care. Yeah, we're making a mess, but I could care less because it's just like he's figuring out this box <laughs> right. and what he can do with it. And he's loving it. And I loved it for it, you yeah. know, for him. So yeah, I feel that. All right. And you know, what are some things that you want your girls to know? You know, when they get ready to be on their own, like what are some things you hope that they get from you? So I, I want them to know that they're loved for one. So I, I, again, going back to what I think my role as a father is, I, I want them to feel safe and that they feel loved. And, I, and then I want them to love other people. So like the mm-hmm. second one would be, I want them to treat other people with genuine kindness and empathy yeah. out of, you know, out of love. And so I, I tell my daughters all the time that I love them. Like, yeah. um, I, anytime it crosses my mind, no matter where we are, or what we're doing every single night, like I, I, I sneak back into their room after they're asleep <laughs> to tell them. And so, yeah, so that, that's, that's a big one. And we, we, we also teach them that it, because we involve them. Right. So yeah. we, we show them how you care for other people. So mm-hmm. when Rachel and I, you know, bring, bring something to a, a family that is just had a baby, right. Mm-hmm. We will let Leah sort of participate. So she will yeah. get to pick what we make them or she will get to make a card for them or draw yeah. a card for them or whatever. And we explain that to them again, yeah. going back to that idea that like mm-hmm. they're capable of more than you think. And so yeah. just have that, con- be willing to have that conversation about the reason we're doing this is because we care for people and, yeah. and that's important for us. And yeah, we, we, we try to do that. We're not perfect. We, we don't do it all the time, yeah. but, but yeah, I, I want her to, feel loved and to be able to show that love to other people. Yeah. So, man, that's good stuff, man. And I feel like that's straight from the gospel, you know, or like how, what God commands us in general. To Hope be, so. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but really like he tells us to, to love him and to love others. Right. So like, also bravo. <laughs> Your goals align with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, gold star for you. 
<laughs> on the on the Christian's meter. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's but seriously though that's that's really great and I think that's awesome and I think just the way you guys are going about it, it sounds pretty pretty great pretty awesome. So what you know do you have any advice uh, to give for a dad that's in a stage below you? Hang on, it's a wild ride. And then don't be too hard on yourself as yeah. a parent. You know, I, I said it at the top, but be willing to admit that you're wrong. Be willing to admit that you're capable of being wrong, of yeah. being wrong and doing the wrong thing. And then don't give yourself grace so that so that you can show grace to your kids. If you can't, yeah. if you can't show yourself grace, like you're not going to be able to practice it with other people oh. either. So yeah, be willing to admit your mistakes and, and own up to them and then give your kids space to try new things and make mistakes and show them grace when they, when they do make mistakes. Mm, that's some good advice there. All right. The last and my favorite question, you know, what is your favorite memory you have so far with each of your girls so we recently went to disney and um my we went at the perfect time because my my three-year-old is just like you said just every everything is she approaches everything with so much joy and being in a place like that she just she was joy everywhere and she was just overwhelmed and so the, the first night we were there we were she's dressed up in her princess gown and she's got the whole nine yards. She's had the best day and we're ending the day with fireworks. Right. And the fireworks mm-hmm. start and I'm holding her up in the air. And as each firework is going off, she it's just more and more amazement. And, you know, the music is going off and she's telling me like, daddy, we listen to this song. And, and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then at one point the fireworks are, getting to the finale and she just says wow look at all the magic <laughs> and all like everyone around us was just like oh it's oh, so it's sweet like, yeah. they were all they were all watching her too so yeah that that's my favorite moment just because for with leah because she's just she was just so much joy in that moment and that just as a dad that's that's what you want to see from your kids right yeah like all- and then with my with my 11 month old Caroline, she, she's pretty little right now. She just started walking, but my favorite thing she's doing right now is she hugs on command. And so you can like wake her up in the morning and you just say hugs and she will put her head on your shoulder and give you a little hug. And she'll even like sort of, sort of mouth. <laughs> that, that is so super sweet. I wish Asher would do that. <laughs> Right now, he only does that when he's scared. And like, <laughs> I mean, I like that he's holding on to me, but I don't like that you're scared. Right. So, yeah, I feel that for sure. Man. Well, Spencer, I've enjoyed having you out this evening. You know, you've given me a fresh perspective on discipline and a whole lot to chew on. So, like, it, it was good. This is this was good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, setting well wide boundaries and respecting your, ch- your children as people, such a simple idea, but such a radical, you know, and different viewpoint for our society you know, and what they should have, I think. So just an encouraging word. You know, thank you for sharing, Spencer. My name is Spencer, and this is the my story of the middle. This is your host, Brandy Bostic, and you've been listening to the Up From The Muck podcast. Psalm 40, verse 2. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. <laughs>